Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good evening, America. Today is September the 8th, 2013, and I hope you've had a fantastic Sunday. Tonight is one of those nights. I have a program that is going to, if you're having a day that, for all intents and purposes, sucked, or for another way, if you want me to be a little bit more polite, a day that sucked, um, we have something that's going to make the day a lot better for you. If you're like me, if you're like most people, you have your ups and downs. You have days where it appears your mistake was actually getting out of the bed. There are times when we have things that happen to us that we did not deserve, we did not ask for. And if you're like the average person, you probably had a couple of days that turned from days to weeks to even months and for some years of dealing with circumstances that are not only beyond your control, but you had nothing to do with creating them. The other part of life is there are things that you do that are your fault. These things such as, like, let's say, not knowing when to quit eating that ice cream out the refrigerator with that um, with that big serving spoon, or when to stop dating someone that you know is not good for you, or there's the worst part of it is when you finally do find true love, then all of a sudden you look up and time is up. You know, right when it, uh, to quote a friend of mine, Rudy Rasmus, he made a comment that his father said prior to death. He said, you know, uh, big shot, right when the ride starts getting good, it's time to get off. So we have all been through these seasons, but some of us, Many of us don't know how to handle it. We don't understand the why of it. And today, we have a guest on my program that has definitely been there, done that, and got a couple of T-shirts, not to mention some other paraphernalia. And it, I believe that you may want to get your pen and your paper out because some of the things that she has to share with you will turn your life around. As a matter of fact, um, this lady is known as the turnaround queen So. I'm going to have her join us shortly, but there's a little bit of housekeeping I want to do. First of all, this last week has been a phenomenal week for most of you, but we have something wonderful taking place this week, and that is school just started. For a lot of us, that is a wonderful time because those kids are not in your house eating up everything all day and running up your electric bill. You finally have some peace. But the bad part is now you got to get up extra early to get them dressed and get up uh, and stay at work and leave early, try to get them home. So you just can't win for losing. But the good part is your kids are still in school. I want to congratulate those of you that decided to go back and continue your education, whether that's getting your GED or your PhD. 
congratulations on the rest of your life. And my last bit of commentary is for those of you that are sitting around on your butt complaining about how bad life is, this is the perfect time to do something about it. So with that said, we are going to talk about today's show. Today's program not only is focused on changing your life, but understanding why your life needs to change. About maybe, I guess, two or three years ago, I um, got the idea to create this program. I was sitting talking to a friend of mine named uh, Bill Bellamy. He's a comedian you guys probably have heard of. And Bill and I were talking about life and the issues of life. And he said, you know what, D, there's really not anything out there other than reality television is crazy or somebody that's either male bashing or female bashing or talking about the president or what have you. And we need something to help people make it through the day. Well, I think my guest today, Tony Harris, was tailor-made for that show. And without further ado, I would like to bring her on. Tony, are you in the house? Yes, I am. How are you, dear? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm very good. It's good to have you here. I've kind of hit and missed on some of the things that you're doing and have done. But before we even talk about uh, Drastic to Fantastic, your new book, tell us a little bit about Tony. Let, let's get to know you. Oh, lordy, lordy. Well, I live in Houston, Texas, because I know this is an international radio show. So I live in Houston, Texas. And but I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, Warrensville Heights to be exact. And I moved here in Houston, to Houston when I was 16. So I've actually been here longer than I was in Cleveland. But I am a Midwestern girl. Um, I have I, I dub myself the turnaround queen because I have taken so many drastic steps in my life to make a difference in my life. And so um, I just don't know where to start, uh, Dr. Young. I um, I became an entrepreneur at 23 years old. My mother actually encouraged me to quit my good job (laughs) that I thought I was going to be on for 30 years. No lie, at 23, 22, I thought I was going to be on this job for 30 years. And um, she encouraged me to quit my job and become an entrepreneur. Now, you know, mamas normally, I was working at Exxon, by the way, Mamas normally don't tell you to leave a good-paying job and become an entrepreneur. But she set the stage for the rest of my life by encouraging me to do that. And she asked me, what is the worst thing that can happen? You can always go back to that job or get another job. She said, I'm encouraging you to do something for you that you, you, know, you probably won't regret. And from that point forward, every time I've made a drastic step, I actually think about what's the worst that can happen? If the worst that can happen is you have to go back to the stupid job, then <laughs> make the step, you know? So that was my entree to entrepreneurship. And then so many things have happened along the way. Um, but uh, I've become a financial advisor in the process. I um, I'm a trainer by heart and by trade and by love. I train people. I love to see their 
light bulbs come on whenever, no matter what I'm teaching or talking about, whether it's a life event or whether it is something educational. When people get it, that fuels my fire. And so it, it's been a journey. Life has been a journey. Um, but that's a little bit about my background. There is just so much to cover, and I know you'll cover all of it. But um, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you uh, up front, I'm going to talk about all the stuff you probably don't want to talk about. I'm all good uh, with that because there's cool, nothing cool. I don't want to talk about. Yeah, well, the first thing that I'm going to ask you, and, and we're going to go to break probably – uh, just so I can get you prepared, probably in about, uh, let's say, about six to seven minutes. But before we take that break, I was reading your bio, and there are some things on there that really hit home with me. The first one, though, that has re- really caught my attention is, first, how in the hell did you gain 240 pounds twice? Well, actually, I weighed 240 pounds. I oh, okay. I lost 90, gained it all back, and lost 100. Wow. So I've lost what caused that? And lost I mean, twice. So when were, were you depressed? Were you going through something? I mean, the first thing I want to know is, were you always just a plus-size girl, or were you a petite girl and, you know, stress, anxiety, hypothyroid, you live close to Frenchies? I mean, what made that happen? Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so after babies, right, after mm-hmm. babies and marriage, got comfortable in life and really have a really bad sweet tooth, and I really have bad habits, you know, eating ice cream right before bed, that kind of thing. Um, I have never met and still haven't met a chocolate chip cookie I don't love. So um, just bad habits caused me to gain weight and being sedentary, of course, not not moving around and just getting comfortable in life. And you know, as sisters, sometimes it happens to us. We before we know it, we look up and we've gained a hundred pounds. And it literally happened for me that way. No, I was not a plus size kid. I was never a tiny person. But I never was a plus size kid either. And so one day I received this picture in the mail. And when you look at the book cover, you'll see the picture. And um, the the picture I received was sent in a unmarked envelope. No lie. I remember taking the picture, but I can't to this day tell you who sent me the picture. And when I looked at that picture, I was like, No way. Who the heck is this? This wait, wait, wait. It wasn't a picture of you sitting out whooping down a bowl of cereal or something, was it? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Actually, I think the picture was taken at the dinner table, but I was not eating. What were you doing? Um, just sitting back, reared back in the chair, probably full from a meal. Shut up. <laughs> no, you didn't ask me that. But... Uh, so I was just sitting, but it was a picture that really changed my life. And so what wait, wait, yeah, well, hang on, Tony. I'm not okay. going to let you escape this question because okay. I know being a kid, I was mischievous as hell, and I took a picture one day of my uh, aunt, and my aunt was a plus. My family had had a, has a lot of plus size sisters in it, and my aunt fell asleep 
with a plate between her breast and her stomach, sitting up there like, you know, like it was an ornament or something. Uh, 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 you know how Flavor Flav wears a clock around his neck? Mine looked like somebody had just sewed that plate on the top of that muumuu she was wearing. So I'm wondering, when you did that and, and you you get this picture, somebody sends you, and you said it's in a plain envelope. So this is somebody that's actually doing two different things. They love you enough that they want you to see it, but they're scared enough for you that they don't want you to slap them with that exactly. very plate. So exactly. exactly. What happened? I mean, when we're going to break in like two minutes, uh, Julia, but i got to ask this question before we go to break. What did that feel like when you saw that picture? It was mortifying, literally. It was mortifying. I was stunned. I couldn't believe that it was me. That was not me. And so when I got in the house, because you know our our mailboxes are on the street, so I'm walking a slow walk in the house, just staring at the picture. I hear this commercial on the radio for a weight loss center that I've heard 100,000 times. And Mm -hmm. something inside of me said, pick up the phone. I was like, I'm not picking up the phone. I don't know about you, but I talk to myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not picking up the phone. I ain't got no money, and I'm, I I don't want to do this. And it said, pick up the phone. Now, you got to know, Dr. Young, I am a woman of action. And so I picked up the phone. This was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. By 4, I was at that weight loss center, and the next day I started their program and didn't quit until I got 90 pounds off. Well, hey, I want to go into this story. Hang on just a second. I'm going to take a quick break, but before I do that, uh, America, you're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. This is a show that I really suggest that you listen to because many of us need to turn our lives around, and I have the turnaround queen, Tony Harris, with us today. So if you want to get in and ask a question or make a comment, you can hit us at 646-478-5610. That's 646-478-5610. We're going to take about a 60-second break, and we'll be right back with more of Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Young, and you're listening to yours truly. Today, I have a very special guest on my show, Tony Harris, a.k.a. the Turnaround Queen. And we're talking about getting that picture. Uh, this is really a funny story. She she goes out to the mailbox, gets this picture, and there's this person that she doesn't know, which happens to be her. Have <laughs> you ever, and, and I'm going to not just say this to you, Tony, but I just want the audience that's listening have you ever really taken a good look at yourself? And when you looked in that mirror, you realized that, you know, I know that's me, but that ain't really me. So, Tony, when you looked in this mirror and you saw that, damn, you know, that's me, but that's not me, 
What was your first reaction to seeing that picture? My first, I was mortified. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this is, I just can't believe that I let myself go this long, this way, this long. And, you know, I knew my sizes were getting bigger. I I knew I was gaining weight, but I didn't know it was that much. And then when I got that picture, I was like, something's got to change. And at that point, I made a decision, something had to change. So, you know, as I said, I called that center. I got on their program. It cost me money I did not have. I figured it out because, you know, I can figure it out when I want to buy some hair. So I figured it out, (laughs) and I went on their program. Wow. Go ahead. No, I want to ask, because I'm, I'm setting you up to talk about this book. Because uh, there's some good content in there. Next thing, because we're going to string all of these little episodes together that happen in your life. This other thing is you had a high school diploma, and then all of a sudden, you know, you really ain't going to make too much with that. I mean, you know, you can put wear your smiley jacket at Walmart, or you can be at Mickey D's on Hot Fries or what have you with a high school diploma. And believe me, I am not knocking those jobs because if you stick with them, you end up becoming a store manager, and that's a hell of a lot different than where you start. But you started out with very little, and you end up going to a six-figure income and the worst of economic times. Tell us about that story. Okay, so... In 2000, let me back up and finish just one second because this all ties together. So mm-hmm. after I, um, three months into my weight loss program, my husband joined me. He had high blood pressure and diabetes, and together we lost over 150 pounds. Yeah, I lost a person. We lost a whole person out of our bed. Now, you know what happened then. Life was really, really, really good. <laughs> And so our story was actually run in Ebony Magazine. And if you want to go to ebony.com, look through their archives, February 1999. So I, me and my husband's story was in Ebony Magazine. Life was good. In um, June of 2000, I took another drastic step. I was training financial advisors, and they came to me and said, you know what, you are such a good trainer, you will be an excellent financial advisor. I was like, well, what do y'all do? And they said, we invest people's money in the stock market for retirement. I don't do money. I'm a trainer. I train computers. I don't do money. (laughs) They said, you will be able to make six figures within three years. I said, okay, what do I need to do? So... (laughs) Remember, I just got a high school diploma. So they said you take these exams, yada, yada, and move to Florida to become the financial advisor because we have a great territory for you. It is sure to make you money faster. And so my family and I, my husband and my two kids, packed up and we moved from Houston to Florida for me to become a financial advisor. I get there. Remember, I said this was June of 2000. Do you remember what the market was like, Doctor, in June of 2000? Yeah, it was That's jacked what? up. That was uh, up. This was not the time for a little old chocolate girl with no money experience, no idea what the stock. I had never even paid attention to the stock market to start as a financial advisor. 
Everybody I invested from day one for the first three years lost money because Enron happened, September 11th happened, the dot-com bubble burst. It was horrible. And to top it off, the territory, that lucrative territory I was promised, was not available for me to step into. So I moved my family halfway across the country on a lie. So they decided to give me scratch territory. You know that's the one that nobody wants, right? You're talking about a sales gig here. So they give me the scratch territory. This is where all the low-paid people worked, and I was working from sunup to sundown. I put 36,000 miles on my car my first year as a financial advisor trying to make this situation work. Because they had promised me I was going to make six figures, and I started seeing there were other people who who wasn't half as smart as me making six figures. I figured I could do if they could do it, I could do it. So I get on the road and commence to driving. And so when I start driving, you know, I ended up gaining all my weight back. Now, you asked the question about, you know, being a financial advisor and I have a high school diploma, and, yes, I did make the six figures. I actually made it in two years rather than three years, but I hustled my behind off trying to make that happen, making that happen. And so, but while I'm doing that, I gained all my weight back. Now, remember I told you I was in Ebony Magazine. Everybody mm-hmm. had seen my success. And there were people in the background saying, she thinks she all that because she lost weight. She's going to put that weight back on. And I did. I was mortified. So while my business was growing and I was successful at being a financial advisor by hook or crook, I was dying on the inside because I failed myself. How was your marriage going at the time? So that's a great question. So because I gained the weight, guess what he did? He gained his weight back. And so he went on more medications. He gained all his weight back. He went on more high blood pressure and diabetes medications. And you probably know that is not good for a man. So our marriage was affected greatly. So I'm I'm back at 250 pounds now because I gained the 90 plus 10 more. I'm at 250 pounds. He's gained his weight back. He's on this medication. He's impotent in a separate bedroom. It was just not a good look. So hang on, hang on. So so dude lost the weight. Mm -hmm. God, and I'm assuming, typically at least my understanding, is that uh, when people lose a lot of weight and get in better health, the need for insulin dependency goes down. Yeah, he came off of all his goes down, if not away. So now both of you, you went from having it going on to now what the hell is going on. And in the midst of this, you finally got to where you had prosperity. So here comes this roller coaster ride, a blessing mixed with a curse. Am I correct? Absolutely. You described it perfectly. Okay. Now I'm going to jump. I'm just going to jump because this next segment of the show, I want to get into tying your book and all of this. So after this, not only does his health uh, take a turn uh, and go, he's out of remission and back uh, having to take a lot of insulin and take all these meds, and both of you guys are putting a heavy strain on an innocent mattress and all this kind of stuff, then here comes the next nightmare. Your husband gets cancer. 
Actually, that's my second husband. That's a whole other story. Oh, wow. Okay, well, tell me what happened to the first one. One story after another, so you got to find out what happened to the first husband. So Yeah, yeah, I need, hey, this is better than the haves and have-nots. Keep going. <laughs> so you got to stay on the first story. Okay, keep going. I want to hear this. What happened okay. to the first All husband? Right. So, so I took a drastic step in 2004 and had gastric bypass surgery. And so mm-hmm. I took the 100 pounds off, and I've kept it off for nine years. Well, my my ex-husband did not want to to take any – I begged and I pleaded that he do something because we were in a sexless marriage, and I was in my late 30s. I need to say no more. So mm-hmm. I'm begging, I'm pleading, please, let's do something. And he wouldn't. He, he just wouldn't. Couldn't. And I get it. But he couldn't, and our marriage ended. Not just because of that; there were other things as well. But he was having sex with that chicken. <laughs> Say that again. He was having sex with that box of chicken. But so <laughs> and cakes, so yeah, yeah, cakes, pies, all this stuff. So after you realize that, you know what? I know better, and I can do better. And you make the decision, which I urge women to do about relationships. Anytime you find yourself in a relationship where you look up and you lose friendship and you you lose fellowship, girl, you better abandon ship. You you know, do not stay with people because here's what's going to happen, especially in a marriage or any time you have something that you, where you can name or call someone your significant other, uh, you cannot walk together for very long unless you both agree. That's number one. And a house divided will never stand, especially when your value systems, your morals, and all these things that really matter in life, you know, and and that's the stuff that is the small stuff, the day-to-day lifestyle stuff, those choices. When they fly south, so does the relationship. So now we've got – And I definitely agree, but let me tell you something. You need to think about it. I ended up having to pay him $60,000 to get out of the marriage. I had to pay. And then eight months later, he passed away. So it's a big, 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 big life. It's a big decision. You know, things are not to be taken lightly. Consider all things. But he died eight months after our divorce was final. Wow, man. So that is, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's, It's, but it wasn't me. I didn't kill him, I promise. But he wasn't willing to make those drastic steps that he needed to make in order to change his life. He was only 48. No, that sludge in his arteries that used to be blood is what killed him. But yeah. but now yeah. let's, before we go to break, um, as a matter of fact, what we're going to do in about two minutes is take this break, but I want to set this up. So now you've gone through gaining and losing weight. You've gone through taking a uh, pie in the sky offer for a job and then you end up getting a pie in the face, but you get the icing off your face, get the taste of the pie, and you learn how to make a very sweet pastry out of that situation. You get rid of this ex, uh, get rid of a husband, and now here comes the new guy. So what we're, what I want to do is, uh, Julia, let's get ready to go to break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about 
this new man in your life and where did that relationship go and how did it end up falling? You're listening to Conversations with Dr. Devon Young, and we'll be right back in about 60 seconds. Job, but when you're out there looking for a new job, mm-mm, not so much. 
so anyway, I was in school while I was nursing him and taking care of him. And, you know, there's something to be said about balancing, trying to balance life. And um, I was able to do it. I was, um, you know, very successful with helping him. But unfortunately, 10 months ago, November 1st, he passed away. Um, but he he told me that I was, you know, an excellent wife. He thanked me for, you know, serving him and being a good wife to him and taking care of him. And I'm proud of the work that I did with him. And it made me a better person. But that was a drastic step to, to take on someone who, you know, really needed me. Um, and I was crazy about him. I was head over heels in love with him, and I miss him every day. But um, I'm also taking the drastic steps and moving forward in my life because he, he made me promise that I would, and I don't know what else to do. So now, I um, keep moving. i got to go. Now, here's where we're going to go with this. I did all of that to basically take a almost a 15-year period of your life and condense it down into 15 minutes, and I must say you and I did a fantastic job of that. But now – Let's talk about what you, you, after going through all of the weight loss and gain, uh, having a, the first husband basically attempt to pull you back into mediocrity after you pull yourself out of it. You lose this weight. You get your life together. You get your job. You finally start making money. Then that goes away. You meet the love of your life. You marry this cat, and then you find out later he's got stage four colon cancer, then he's out of your life, and now you're sitting there taking a deep breath, probably a couple of deep breaths, and that's when this moment happens. And, America, I want you to really pay attention to this because if God is going to do anything magnificent in your life, there will always be a storm before you have a rainbow. I promise you I'm proof of that. Um, I know in my life I lost my mother. Everything's embezzled. I'd never really been broke, never even ridden a bus in my life. Just to prove it, I got on the bus and kept getting uh, on and off the bus, and uh, got the driver saw me and said, well, why are you paying again? He gave me a pass. And I'm like, you get a pass? He said, yeah, you, you can get a transfer, man. I, I thought I'd won. You know what I'm saying? So I really did not understand how life could be. And I'm 40 years old when this hits me. And like many of you that are listening, you're at 40, you're at 30, some of you are as young as 20, and you're going through hell and you're going, you know, man, will this crap ever get any better? I mean, what is it? God made me to be a stunt dummy. I mean, what did I do in a previous life? Was I a minion? I mean, what did I do? Well, I want you to know that if you are in the midst of a storm in your life right now, that that is confirmation, that is the absolute evidence that God is doing something very special with you because here's three things that happen when that takes place. Number one, he puts you in the fire in order to knock the muck off of you, and that's mm-hmm. what an M for those of you that can't hear well and thought I used profanity. And the other thing that he's doing is he's getting rid of these folks that we confuse for friends because they're really witnesses and we confuse them for being friends or supporters when, in fact, they may be down with you long as they benefit from you or they may be with you long as you're doing what they want you to do. But the truth be told, they are with you only to witness the miracle taking place called your life. Then the third thing and the reason why you go through a storm is to kill your dang ego 
and your vanity so that when it's all said and done, you will have no choice but to give this testimony. And I'm not getting religious. I'm just keeping it real. You're going to say if it hadn't been for the Lord who was on my side, I would have never made it. That's right. So that so with that setup on your book and and these and this this uh, going from drastic to fantastic seven steps to turn your life around. Give me what these seven steps are. Just name them, and I'm going to ask you about the steps. Well, drastic is an acronym. So the D is discover exactly where you want to go. The R relationships that just played into what you say, relationships to get you there, accountability systems to achieve your goals. The S is to stop procrastinating and take action, get to moving. The T is take control and um, have balance in your life. The I is invest in yourself. Um, And then the C is create a plan and get committed. Okay, when going back to that, which one of those things was the most difficult for you to embrace while it was taking place? Mm. Creating a plan and getting committed. Creating a plan. And how was that hard? Tell me how that was hard for you. Well, you know. I can create the plan. I have no problem creating a plan. It's the commitment that sometimes has been an issue. And so that's why I can speak to getting committed because sometimes we let everybody else inside and do things, especially as women, you know, everybody else comes before us. Um, Everything else comes before us. And we have so much we have to balance. Everybody has so much we have to balance that sometimes the level of commitment isn't where it should be. And so how do I demonstrate that I'm committed? I get up early. I stay up late. I get up early and do my work. I stay up late and do my work. You know, I um, turn off the television and do work. Um, I make sacrifices um, for fun. I mean, I love fun and I have fun, but I balance it, you know. So, you know, if the girlfriend calls and she wants to go out and have a drink and I'm in the middle of doing something, no, I can't go out and have that drink. So, you know, those are small drastic steps that show your level of commitment to your plan. So that's what I've done to overcome that. Okay, I'm going to go back to a couple of points because – This is why, America, I told you to get the pen and paper out. When we go through these things in life, there's a reason that they're taking place. And you're going to – one thing I've learned about how uh, divine intervention works is God will have you recycle things until you finally get unstuck from stupid and start doing what the universe is calling you to do, which often requires you getting rid of some folk. You know, these fake friends that you thought were in your life, uh, getting rid of some of your attitudes and your behaviors. Often it can mean even relocating physically, but if not physically, you dang sure have to relocate mentally and emotionally in order to have transformation take place in your life. What I want you to tell us, uh, Tony, about, and as it relates to your story, is give me 
a couple of those days, or, or just one, but if you can think of a couple, I prefer you give us a couple of, you know, like in two minutes on each one examples of when you looked at something and you knew damn well that that was that moment that if you did not stop thinking or doing or associating with or going out with or hanging with somebody or even if it's just embracing a mindset, give me two examples when you looked at a an event, a situation, or even just a mentality and say, you know what, I got to let this go because if I don't, I'm stuck. Give me two examples of that. Well, I think one of the first examples was when I decided to go back to school because my mentality was I made six figures as a, with a high school diploma. and I mean, literally, <laughs> I was like, when the lady called me and asked me, was I interested in coming to school, she, I guess she found me on a job board. I was like, no, uh, I don't need to go to school. I've done fine without a degree. And she said to me, Where, why were you on the job board? I said, because I lost my job. And she said, what are you looking for? How much are you looking to make? I told her, and she said, you think you're going to find that with a high school diploma? I said, sure. I got experience. <laughs> she said, well, call me back if that doesn't work for you. And so needless to say, I had to call her back. So letting go of that I got this attitude and that I needed to take a drastic step and do something different because what I thought would work did not was not working. And so not only that, but it was a personal satisfaction to be able to get that done 25 years after I graduated, 28 years after I graduated from high school. You know, so letting go of the mentality of I got this, thinking that I'm all that, and you're right, you know, sometimes things come our way to knock us down so that we we get the fact that, you know what, we may not have it all together, and, yes, we may need to do something different. So that's my first example of, you know, where I had to take a step back and think that what I thought was working was not working. Give me the second example. Ooh, you know, you talked about relationships, and I am a relationship girl. That's my personality. I've done all the personality assessments, and they all come out the same. I love people, and people love me. And for that reason, there are sometimes that there are people that come into my life, male or female, that are I try to hold on for life, and they're just there for a season, and they just there to teach me something. And I have learned in my maturity that people come into your life for a reason and a season, and when it's the season is over, not to try to extend it and to be able to move on from those relationships. And, um, you know, I've got some lifelong friends, and they're great. But when you see people kind of trying to pull you down, kind of trying to make you fit into their their scenario and, you know, they don't support you and what you're doing, is relationships are one-sided. I've had some one-sided relationships that I've had to, to say, you know what, this is not serving me. 
and um, and relationships are two-sided. And I'm a big giver in my relationships. And so if I find now, if I find I'm the one doing all the giving, I sometimes have to take a drastic step and say, okay, it's time to, to move away. Now, and I do it lovingly. I don't usually step on people's toes or kick them in the shins, but <laughs> they will look up and I'll be gone. And, um, you know, and it's okay because those people have served you for a time and a season. You've learned what you need to learn from them, and then you move on. Now, that you mentioned earlier that you had to make some decisions about investing in yourself. I want to talk about that for a second. I have people call me 24-7. I mean, they will call me, and you can actually hear their nose running. You can hear the tears hit the phone that they're crying and upset, and deservedly so. It's not like that, you know, life doesn't hit you. Sometimes people say it throws you a curve. No, sometimes they hit you with a doggone ball like you're Jackie Robinson in 42. I mean, life can really bust you upside the head. And um, when that happens, that is the time when I tell people, you will go and you will go buy a bag of cheap hair. No, let me stop that. You will go and buy some hair to put in your head. You will go and spend $500 on a handbag. You will go and uh, go on a Tom Joyner cruise. And I'm not going to say there's anything at all wrong with that. I think that you should get you some red-bottom shoes. But why are you wearing red-bottom shoes and you got a hole in your drawers? Or why are you uh, going on a Tom Joyner cruise and you, you come back your damn lights off and you borrowing money? Why are you going out to a club and you know your behind is broke and you out trying to act like you're balling, but you will not put yourself first? And here's what I mean. You won't invest in yourself. That's it. So, you know, you call, there are people that call me, and the first thing that happens is, you know, um, they say, well, Doc, how much is it? And I'll tell them. And, but and I have not had one person that I've worked with that hasn't called me back and said, I wish I had done this so much earlier. My life right. would have been so different. I am so glad I spent the money because, you know, when you go see at least someone that does what I do at the level at which I do it, and I'm not bragging, but, good, I, you know, if you go buy a Bentley or Porsche or a Mercedes or an Infinity or a Lexus, you pay for what you get. Now, if you go down there into that tote-to-note lot and that thing stops on you and didn't work, that's the same thing as getting a sorry cheap hairstylist. That's the same thing as getting a cheap therapist or a, a boob job when you go out the country to get it done, you are you're gonna get screwed. So when did when did you come to the conclusion that you know what, I want something better. I'm not gonna let Tony keep getting the cheap end of this stick. What was your lesson about investing in you? The first time I truly invested in myself was in two thousand and three. I could not afford it. The rate was $150 an hour, and I was a financial advisor. But um, all the successful advisors in my office was investing in themselves with this particular coach. And so I took a drastic step, invested in her, and that was probably, in hindsight, one of the best investments in myself I've ever made. I made several cents. But 
because she helped to, helped me to understand why I operate the way I operate and gave me the accountability that I needed to be successful. And that year I made $170,000. I could not believe it. I was crying over $150 an hour, which was, um, you know, $600 a month, one hour a week. And I ended up turning that into more money than I ever thought I could make with a high school diploma. So that was my very first lesson in really investing in myself and taking a drastic step to do it because I didn't know where the money was going to come from. But one thing I have learned as a coach myself is that if you're going to put the money in, you better be ready to do the doggone work. (laughs) That's very true. So many people, you know, sign up for a program and then they don't want to do the work. It takes work to be successful, y'all. So not only does it take the investment, just because you make the investment, the investment is not just cash. The investment is also time and energy and brain sales. And so because I was willing to do the work, and she ended up, she was a business coach, but, of course, you only have one life, so it crossed over into life coaching. Um, it was the most successful year that I had as a financial advisor. And then that's what turned over, and I ended up being a mentor coach to another advisor, and she's now making that kind of money. So um, investing in yourself is so important. That's why it's the I in my drastic Um, Not only that, but it helps to connect you with the right people. You cannot do anything on your own. You know, there's nobody who's successful that did it by themselves. And we sometimes, you know, as entrepreneurs and small business owners, think we have to do it all ourselves. And you will kill yourself trying to do that. Well, speaking of that, I have one of the, I have a caller that's calling from Barbados that's uh, listening to our program, and I want to bring her on the show and get her commentary about this. Uh, I, I believe that it's uh, Julie Dash. Julie, are you there? Hi. Good evening, Dr. Young. Good evening, Tony. Hi, Julie. How are you? Julie. Very well, hey, thank Ju- you. Hey, Julie, I just want, I know that uh, you're calling from Barbados, so thanks for being, uh, for offering to fly us all in to your country and uh, let us have holiday there. But before Thank we you. do that, <laughs> but one thing I do want to say is um, if a lot of you are going to be hearing the name Julie Dash for a, a lot more in the near future. But, Julie, would you give us a quick snapshot? Because the one thing that uh, you both you ladies have in common is that you took nothing and made something out of it. Quickly give us a four-minute, uh, start with a two-minute version, because i got a question I want to ask you, Julie, because I want women, especially women from all around the globe, Australia is listening, Barbados is listening, Canada is listening, the Virgin Islands is listening. So, Julie, tell people what you do down there and what you started with and where you are now. Okay. Well, I'm a real estate agent here in Barbados. I have my own company. But in 2000, in 1999, I had a company that was half a million dollars in debt, a distribution company that was heading for the wall in a big way. I 
sold that company for a dollar along with all the debt. Extremely lucky, a miracle really. And then I didn't have a job. I also didn't have any education. I was living in a country where I was not born. And um, I didn't really have any experience in anything very much. I got a real estate license, which is a lot easier here than it would be in the States. And I started the company from scratch. At that time, I was going through a divorce from hell. I had two little girls. My house was about to be auctioned at any moment. The light was off. The water was off. The phone was off. And it really was absolutely horrendous. Um, my children were coming home with a little brown letter that said if the school fees weren't paid, that they wouldn't be able to go to school anymore. And we really went through a very, very rough time. And I started the real estate company. I was the first person ever to advertise real estate on radio here in Barbados. And now I have an extremely successful company that um, sells over 100 properties a year in an island that's only 166 square miles is, is pretty good. But um, the journey to get from there to here has been quite amazing. All I can say is Tony's story is so in inspiring and um, to never give up and have the greatest faith in yourself. Okay, I've got to ask a quick question. Uh, you've been listening to Tony's story, and I'm telling everyone, you guys definitely need to get her book. It's called Sometimes You Have to Take a Drastic Step to Turn Your Life Around, and you really, really need to uh, order that book, and you can get it on Amazon and through common channels. But, Julie, if there was something that you heard in her story, and I'm going to say her testimony, that resonated with you, and, and I want to say this. Here's this woman, because, Julie, I hear an accent, so I'm thinking it's British or English. Am I right? That's right. I was born in England, but I've been in the West Indies for 30 years, so you've got a okay. kind of cute accent. <laughs> so here's, here's what I want to show. Here is a woman from uh, an African-American woman that migrated into Texas, and here's a woman that is from England that transplanted to Barbados. And when you hear her story, what do you hear that you guys have in common, Julie? Well, I can identify with her struggle being in a strange place, in a different place from where you were familiar. I also identify with her tenacity of, you know, wanting to set a six-figure job with just a diploma. Um, you know, the fact that you haven't got any, any education. There's a lot of people out there that don't have education. And to not let them hold, let that hold them up. Because um, sometimes there's far more within you than you ever believe. And there was obviously an awful lot in Tony. Wow, wow. Well, I tell you what, I really want to thank you for calling in, Julie. Uh, and and we're, before we even start wrapping, we've got about six minutes left, left to this show. There's something I want to say, and, of course, uh, I'm going to come back and have Tony give you all her contact information. This is for ladies and gentlemen. When you are in the midst of a storm, that is the greatest evidence that you are here for a reason. Now, I know that sounds crazy as hell. When I went through my thing, you know, I look up I'm basically 300 and some thousand dollars embezzled by caregivers and relatives right under my nose. These people are praying with me while we both wipe my mother's behind, and these are the same people that ripped us off. I had to start over. I went from uh, being in a retirement state, going to school because I wanted to, 
to now being forced to take it real serious. And if it wasn't for Sheila, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee's husband, who's one of my mentors, Elwin Lee, and, and T.D. Jakes and Lawrence Robinson, my mentors in Dallas, and um, Rudy Rasmus here, and I'm saying those names for a reason, is that God has put people in your life that you probably may or may not really fully appreciate, but they're there to encourage you. And they may not be famous people. They may be just, you know, the guys, I remember the guys uh, sitting by the little uh, Asian liquor store in the hood, they nicknamed me College, and they'd be like, hey, College, how are your grades coming? And that meant a lot to me because I didn't have anybody else that gave a damn. So God would use the strangest of people to encourage me. So if you got some people that you think are a bit weird encouraging you, watch how you treat them. You never know. The man upstairs probably sent them to your life to help you stay on track. The other thing that I want to say to you is that don't quit. No matter what it seems like, God can do more with favor than you can do with your money. So look for favor, but you can't get favor unless you ask for it. The next thing I want to tell you is as you go through these dilemmas, if you notice something that Tony said, her life, she would have an achievement, and then the roller coaster would go back down. But every roller coaster that you ever see going down always comes up a hell of a lot faster than it went down. And then it slows at another peak, and it goes barreling back down, and then it comes up again, you know, the same way. So if your life is going through an ebb and flow that seems like it's crazy as hell, that's only because God is making some people nauseous to get them the hell off the ride with you. And the other thing I want you to be very aware of is you can't take everybody with you. If you listened to Tony's story, the one thing that I love that she said is that, you know what, I made a decision that, hey, I wasn't going back there and dude didn't want to go, and you see where he ended up. And I'm not mocking this cat because he's dead from chicken. No, I'm just kidding. The man, you know, he could have saved his life, but he didn't. And this woman warned him, and look at her. She's standing here today as a testimony to not only what God can do, but what you can do when you see what God put in you. Now, with that said, Tony, where can people reach you? How can they email you? How can they call you? Uh, they can reach me at Tony, T-O-N-I, at TonyHarrisSpeaks.com. And my website is TonyHarrisSpeaks.com. Or they can opt into my mailing list at Tony-Harris.com. Of course, they can connect with me on Facebook and uh, at Tony Harris, the Turnaround Queen. So I would love to connect with your listeners. And those of you in other countries, I am looking to come speak in all those areas. So please get in touch. One other thing, book. Go to the book. Where can they buy it? Where can they buy it? Oh, they can get the book on Amazon and at Tony-Harris.com. Okay, that sounds great. Tony, I appreciate you taking time. I know that there's an Authors Summit in Houston uh, that's coming up. I'm not sure. Julia, what's the date on that Authors Summit? It's October the 5th. October the 5th. Okay, okay. If you are in Houston, just Google the Authors Summit. It's October the 5th. It's in Houston, Texas. If you want to come out and meet some of the best-selling authors, and if you, let's say you're thinking about writing a book yourself, 
or you're actually uh, in the business and trying to expand the presence of your brand, I'm not. This is not something where I'm doing a commercial for it. But people need information because knowledge is power, and I really firmly think that uh, you know this Arthur Summit is definitely going to be something that is worth your time, and it could possibly be a game or even a life changer for you. Now, with all of that said, we're coming to the end of the program. So before we get out of here in about two minutes, I just want to plant a couple of seeds in your head. The first seed is you're here for a reason. The fact that you are listening to this program right now is not an accident. Whether you've been sitting in the house all day and just saying, you know, God, what did I do? You know, why can I not take that next step? Why is it my life seems to be running into one dead end behind another? Why is it that I'm finding these so-called friends of mine are betraying me, this person I fell in love with cheats on me, or they don't even really want me? All of that is working for your good. Just It may not seem like it now, but if you can hear my voice, I am your evidence. If you heard Tony's voice, if you heard Julie's voice, each one of these people just told you that out of what appeared to be a curse, they found a blessing. Now, the second thing I want to tell you, America, is if you cannot find somebody to love you, why don't you do it? Because nobody can love you better than you. With that said, we're about we're out of here. I will be getting with you on Wednesday at 12 noon. Have a great week. I love you. Good night.